0: There. welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy
1: And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us,
0: as, as they, they should
1: be. be. okay
0: let's do part two of this case i'm ready
1: (sighs) okay so if you're joining us now but you have not listened to part one you're gonna be real fucking confused
0: yes so stop Stop the play now now and go back to tuesday's episode
1: yeah for
0: part one
1: we'll wait for you Just stop now.
0: Stop now. Just stop. stop. Just don't. Don't continue. Please stop.
1: Just. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For all of you that are with us from part one.
0: Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. I uh, left you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. We have two women that were murdered Mm -hmm. within two months of each other. Yes. And in very similar fashions. Very very
0: similar is very nice way to put that strand. Exactly the fucking same. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly the same fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so where we left off was we had DNA done from 1987. DNA on evidence that was mm-hmm. collected in 1987 from the crime scenes. Yes. It's now, you know, 95, 96 timeframe. We have evidence submitted to the OSBI crime lab to do DNA analysis and yep. comparison. Mm-hmm. And we have a match.
0: <sighs> Shocking. So. It is a complete shock to everyone in Grady County and Norman Police Department. They're like, we have a
1: match, guys. We did it. Mission accomplished. Good job, everyone. Um,
0: so OSBI gets a gold star.
1: OSBI is the only people in this that get a full gold star. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they did
0: the shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the match comes from semen found at both crime scenes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. That DNA from that semen is a match to a blood sample that was taken from a gentleman, I think back in 87, (laughs) at the Grady County Sheriff. No way. And this guy's name is Frank Dwayne Welch. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So... In 1997, these results are returned by the OSBI, and they're like, here's your guy, this is a match, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out, Frank Welch is, in 97, serving a life term in Holdenville. In a prison at Holdenville. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was a
0: fucking peach. Oh. Please tell me how much of a peach Mr. Welch was. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, he's serving a life sentence on three felony convictions from 1994. Okay? Okay. He was a career criminal Mm
0: -hmm.
1: by this time in uh, 97. I think he was like maybe 35, between 35 and 40.
0: Jesus.
1: And he's already got a life sentence hung on him. hmm And he was a career criminal, but most of his crimes were like theft and check forgery and shit like that. Okay. So he was sort of in and out of prison all over Oklahoma. Uh-huh. F- from the 80s to the 90s. Okay. In 94... He had gotten out of prison from serving like a short a short stint on something I don't even remember what it was forgery or some shit and he got out of prison and on October the eighth, in the morning hours of October the eighth of ninety four he's in Tulsa, and he rolls up on this woman that is. Getting out of her car at Walmart because she's going to start her day working at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this woman named Paige Hora is getting out of her car, getting ready to start her day, just like she does probably every fucking day. Right. And he pushes her back in the car. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He has a huge knife pushes her back in the car she fought like hell
0: yeah she did
1: and we all know what would have happened if she didn't Mm -hmm. he cut her throat and her hand
0: jesus
1: but she was able to get away oh thank goodness and she survived good okay okay but he took off in her car so and did some dumb shit for like a couple of days and then they caught him in a stolen vehicle so he got charged with kidnapping, mm-hmm. a kidnapping charge. Right. He got charged with uh, the theft, mm-hmm. and then also uh, assault with a dangerous weapon, right. since he cut he cut her with his gigantic knife. Right. Well, since he was already a long-term felon, and he got hit with a kidnapping charge. He was sentenced to life.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So he was already serving a life sentence by the time this DNA evidence comes to light. Okay. 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 So Grady County and Norman PD investigators show up to Holdenville, the president Holdenville, Mm -hmm. to interview him. And he's like... He was already interviewed in 87. Okay. Mm -hmm. They brought him in to Grady County in 87. Man. And back in 87, he had already claimed he had no idea who Tally Cooper was. Mm -hmm. No clue. Right. Okay. So now they have this DNA evidence. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, see. We had a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's shocking that he gave that that, excuse. Mm-hmm. that old bullshit song and dance. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I'll tell you that story in just a moment. But in 97, when they're interviewing him 10 years after, and he's confronted with the DNA, he's like, oh, well, I had, you know, consensual relationships with both of them. Sure. Right. Sure you did. Right at the time that they're both murdered and they both have your semen in them. Right. So you're either the unluckiest motherfucker on the planet or you're a murderer. Uh-huh. A habitual murderer that really likes to do the same thing multiple times. Right?
0: Gross. Yeah. hmm
1: So he has a story and he kind of switches from, he pivots from I don't know who Tally is to we had an affair, blah blah blah. Okay. Okay. So obviously Norman PD in Grady County don't buy any of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they charge him with two counts of first degree murder. One in Cleveland County, one in Grady County. Nice. Okay. Okay. So he goes to trial for Tally's murder first in okay. Cleveland County. Okay. Which is only reasonable since her murder occurred first, right? Correct. And according to the court files, the investigators were able to establish that in late 1986, like early 1987, that time frame, mm-hmm. literally a couple of months before Tally is murdered. Mm-hmm. Frank Welch worked for a company called Norman Cablevision. <sighs> Oh, my God. Okay? And he commuted to work each day from his home in Tuttle.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So, in early 1987, he was fired from his job at Norman Cablevision because he destroyed company records. Okay?
0: But... Why would he destroy company records? We have no idea, and that has never been
1: answered. I would like to speculate about it, but I will do it off the microphone because I have a lot of theories about he how he could be connected to other crimes. Anyway, um he was fired from his job, which he never really kept a steady job anyway because he was a total fuck up and a loser. Right. And he kept his uniform that he wore for work
0: from Norman Cablevision.
1: You know, the ones I'm talking about with the little patch on your shirt that has your name and then the company name over on the other side. That makes you
0: look like a legitimate service industry Uh uh, professional. Yep. Those are the ones. Got it.
1: So investigators sort of put together this concept of what they believe happened. Because, of course, Welch is not... um, He's saying he had consensual relationships with these women, right? hmm Okay. So investiga- investigators sort of put together this concept of what they believe happened. Okay. And it's that Welch puts on his, his, cape, his Norman Cablevision uniform and goes to Tally's home sometime between 6 30 and 1 p.m so probably during actual working hours so it seems legitimate right 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 he may or may not have been aware of Tally's daily habits he may have gotten lucky Mm -hmm. or he may have stalked her at some point yeah before right yeah um but he would have had to know or he was really fucking lucky that the husband comes home for lunch. Right. Right? Yes. So, at some point, he either got really lucky or he stalked her
0: to find out what their daily comings and goings were. Right. I'm guessing he never really gave up the truth to anything.
1: Uh, No. No, he didn't. Shocking. Um, so, they think that Welch arrived at the home in his uniform and made some excuse for being there. Mm-hmm. Like there was an interruption in service or something was reported that needed to be repaired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever the the bullshit was. All right. And Tally probably told him to wait so she could get her dogs out of the backyard uh, so that he wouldn't be mauled in the backyard while he was doing service work, right?
0: That would have been awful.
1: Yeah. So... The assumption was that after the dogs were put away in the garage, he then attacked her in her home, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And spent some time with her since it was, you know, found on the autopsy that he raped her both before For- and after. after death. Yeah. So probably spent spent some time there. Yeah. All the while the baby is in the crib.
0: That's awful. Right. What a sick fuck. Yeah. What a monster.
1: The worst of all monsters. One that can blend in and look like a normal human being that you would let into your house. Those are the most terrifying people. Right? Right. So during his interview with uh, Norman PD, he had told investigators that he had visited the home of the Coopers a couple of months before the murder when he still worked for Norman Cablevision. As a repairman. And he sort of painted the picture that he and Tally had formed a relationship from that one interaction. And that they had hooked up a few times. Nope. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Nope.
1: So he also tried to spin the story that Tally died accidentally during an autoerotic asphyxiation play type thing.
0: You... No. no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And everybody was like, uh... But no. Go there's fuck usually yourself. a safe word for that, so... Go fuck yourself, mm-hmm. sir. So, he said that he was scared that someone would blame him for her death.
0: Obviously. Well, yeah, because you killed her, you...
1: Hashtag no shit. Fuck. hmm So, he did his best to make it look like she was attacked by placing the duct tape over her mouth wrapping the leather tightly around her neck and hands and placing the toy inside of her vagina. Mm -hmm. So uh, the only issue with this whole consensual affair nonsense mm -hmm. is that during his trial, a friend of Tally's would testify that Tally told her she was uncomfortable with a cable guy that came to do some repairs for him, for them Because he was a fucking creep. Yep. So, yes, she remembered their one interaction that she had and told her friend about it. Yeah. To the point where she was like, this guy gave me the
0: heebie-jeebies. Right. So, come on. Also, too, learning all the lessons from this today, Mm -hmm. right? If someone is your home and gives you the heebie-jeebies... Tell everyone you know, including your husband, if you have a husband or wife, whatever. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. If you have someone in your home that's of the service industry, maintenance industry, that makes you uncomfortable, yeah. one, don't be nice. Fuck that shit. Because now they know where you live. Uh-huh. They know where you live. They know the layout of your home. Yuck. Two, you tell everyone you know. Everyone. How creeped out you are. Yeah. And if it... If it upsets you enough, then you can also call their employer. Yeah.
1: And be like, this guy's a fucking there's, rapey creep.
0: Uh-huh, there's, there's a guy here that's not, he's giving off the bad vibes. I'm exactly. going to need you to um, talk to him about that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, during this trial, this was all, this was the defense's... Uh, whole plan was that it was a consensual relationship she died accidentally and he covered it up and that mm-hmm. was his whole uh defense part of the death it wasn't intentional yada 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 right. okay right so during the trial the state brought a witness that was like, we don't believe this was autoerotic asphyxiation gone wrong based on the fact that typically with this type of like sexual play, mm-hmm. there's some sort of fail safe uh-huh. that's fashioned into the ropes uh-huh. that if you're if something happens and I don't know what all the correct terms are. But if something happens or you lose consciousness or whatever, the rope um uh,
0: loosens an, an, or something yeah right. yeah yeah
1: like loosens or whatever the thing is i don't know anything about it
0: yeah that's not much
1: my- i'm just saying i hope that's true
0: i mean i'm sure it is this is i mean if you think about it have um, a
1: safety monitor or
0: somebody BDS, with you yeah bdsm and all of that people that are truly a part of that um culture It's all about safety. It's all about safety. It's all about finding your vulnerabilities during this very intimate part of, you know, life, of, you know, whatever, sex, whatever. And it's supposed to be a safe place. Um, Sure, there are crazies out there like this monster that more than likely does this for his own pleasure watching women die. But the true BDSM community and culture is very much about self-expression and safety and yeah. so i don't
1: i don't know I, I don't i like i said i don't know enough to know that that's the case right but i truly have to think right that you have to have some sort of fail mm-hmm. or or like a safety
0: person or something yeah. like that with yeah. you
1: right yes i in, think so that type of thing
0: I'm just going to go with yes, because I'm i am not judging that at all. Like, no, I, I'm 100%. Man, who am I to
1: kink shame anyone? But I'm just same. like, I don't, I hope you're just not there choking yourself into unconsciousness and hoping for the best. Yeah. I hope. I mean, I'm, I don't
0: know. I don't know. I'm sure there are people that that does happen to because there was an actor that that happened to. What was oh, that yeah, actor, that's true. I don't remember the Kung name. Kung Fu though. guy that was yeah. older. I think that happened to him, which was sad. But I mean, and but it's
1: not happening like every day, so surely it's not. Surely
0: there's like fail safes in place, right? I mean, I hope so. If not, maybe we should normalize it, like normalize letting people have kinks of all sorts and having somebody there to keep them safe. Yeah, I don't know. I instead of shaming people for
1: that job, but I would like for you to find a volunteer. I'm
0: sure there's professionals out there. Somebody
1: Um, probably.
0: Let's let's not shame people for no. having these erotic kinks.
1: I'm not going to shame them. I'm just hoping that that's true, that there's a failsafe or something. But yeah. regardless, everybody knew that Frank Welch's explanation for what happened is complete total, total bullshit. Right. So um, during the trial, there was also testimony that was brought forward that... Uh, Welch had been married previously, previous to his incarceration, obviously. And he allegedly liked to tie up his wife during sex and had actually raped her during their marriage. So Uh, this was not... not uh, This was not a one-time thing right right he didn't all of the sudden become a rapist right he didn't all of the sudden uh explore this fantasy that this was you know right this was his thing
0: so we could speculate that these two women were not the only women victims uh,
1: theoretically i mean he definitely had signatures and it i in In my education, what I understand is that it takes a while to craft that signature and hone that signature. And he was good enough at it that they didn't find him for 10 years. Yeah. So I have to think that there are other people that maybe not have, maybe don't have the exact same signature. Like, these two were carbon copies of each other. Right. So perhaps there are. Perhaps we'll probably we we won't know unless DNA yeah is a match but um in addition to testimony uh, about his wife um being tied up and and raped during their marriage there was also a part that i found in his appeals documentation okay um because he of course you know you have appeals after conviction and whatnot but um one of the appeals that he brought forward was that his attorney um did not act appropriately or as he should or whatever you know okay didn't do everything to mitigate the circumstances of his crimes Mhm to uh try to procure a more lenient sentence right okay right so uh welch asserted in his appeal that this attorney should have called his family members to the stand to tell them what a great guy he was and mitigate all this shit the only problem is The attorney had documentation. His trial attorney had documentation that essentially said, uh, yeah, I interviewed his family members. He raped and molested his sister when he was growing up. So we're most definitely not fucking calling any of them.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. So. What the actual fuck? Yeah.
1: He was a bad guy from like day one.
0: He was a monster. Yeah, Yeah, he is. Total monster. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Oh so, god. of course, this whole trial is really difficult for Tally's family. Right. Her husband. I mean, at this point, her son is like eleven. Right. 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 Um, and having this dude say that it was an accident that happened during a consensual affair, like, oh my god, fuck this guy. Yeah. You know what? A absolute nightmare. But he was found guilty. Good. And from what I can see, it didn't take much time at all. That's good. Um, Because everybody was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so uh, he was found guilty of the murder of Tally Cooper and was sentenced to death. Okay. In Oklahoma. Then he was supposed to go to trial for the murder of Deborah Stevens in Grady County. Okay. But... I assume he decided he didn't want to get fucking raked over the coals and revealed as to what a monster he was a second time. Right. And he signed a plea agreement to take a life without parole uh, sentence. So essentially he pled guilty and his life without parole sentence was to be served concurrently with his death sentence. So if, if, His death sentence was ever appealed and overturned. He still has a life without parole sentence that he pled guilty to. Right, and you really can't appeal on your guilty plea. Right, it would have to be some major shit that would lead them to right. You know, right over a plea. So he was already serving life sentence for the kidnapping and assault of Paige Hora in Tulsa. Death sentence Mm -hmm. for Tally. Thank God. Life without parole for Deborah Stevens. And the funny, not funny, ha ha, but funny, interesting thing Mm -hmm. about Deborah Stevens is, like I said previously, Frank lived in Tuttle at the time. Right. Frank and his wife were friends with Deborah Stevens. Oh, my God. And the reason why Grady County... Even zeroed in on Frank originally in '87 mm-hmm. is because he fucking skipped town very shortly after Deborah died.
0: Yeah. Like, would, rolled
1: the fuck out.
0: That would be a big red flag for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, in his interviews about Deborah Stevens' death, he, he, kind of goes out on a limb. He tries to save his own ass, but it is what it is. So he stated that he was in a relationship with Deborah at the time of her death. They got into an argument and he killed her when he was overcome with anger because she threatened to tell the police about his participation in the accidental death of Tally Cooper.
0: (sighs) god he's just that yeah he's such so, a fucking loser
1: let me just break this down yeah because it's all horse shit but right. let me just break this down right so he kills and poses right deborah uh-huh in the exact same way right leaving his semen uh-huh in the exact same way yeah as tally right to make sure she doesn't tell people that he's the killer of tally right I'm like,
0: bro, do you what? know how dumb you are, sir? The fucking dumbest. Do you realize?
1: The fucking dumbest.
0: You know, after a few years, he was like, I just got away with that bullshit. And, yeah. And yeah. And I'm then, sure
1: he thought he oh, got fuck. it. And frankly, I think he did get away with a lot of bullshit.
0: Oh, 100%. If he was able to kill two women in two months time, there are other women out there. Yeah there are other women whether it be rape or be. deaths that they have not been gotta able be. to tie
1: stalking victims stalking peeping be. yes yeah, like
0: there are more victims to this guy 100% you don't just go from petty theft right. to raping and murder and murder yeah. and posing women yeah and so. doing
1: it when you had to know that tally was married like, yeah. he knew Deborah wasn't married, but she lived with her daughters, right? Right. He had to know that Tally was married. If right. he came into that home two or three months prior, right? I mean, he had to have known that there was a husband around somewhere. Right. So either he took a very big risk in right. just showing up and hoping the husband wasn't there, or he stalked her and watched her and determined what her daily... What their daily schedule was. Yeah, you know when her husband comes home for lunch, when he leaves for work in the morning, right. when he comes home in the afternoon,
0: to decide what he's going to do. Right. It S- makes you wonder why he got rid of those records right before he was fired a few months before she died.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's that's interesting to piece together, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And th- another interesting piece to this whole thing. Um, because I think it's important to, I know it seem it, it feels like they fucked up a lot in the beginning, and they probably did, because it was the 80s. Right. And whatever. Um, Grady County and Norman were both able to put together that, and this is why Frank was a, on the suspect list, and why he remained on the suspect list, and why Norman wanted to compare Grady to his blood mm-hmm. as well. They found that these two murders occurred the day after he had to be in court in Cleveland County. So he was serving. No, he was. Um, he had been charged with. I think. Uh, like credit card. Theft, okay. Forgery, uh, forgery, something like that. Okay. In Cleveland County. And so he was going to back and forth to, to hearings about this, um, these charges mm-hmm. back in 87. And they found out that on his court appearances, he went to court on February 24th, 1987. And February 25th, he murdered Tally. He was in court on May the 5th. And on May the 6th, he murdered Deborah.
0: What? In total.
1: So it's almost like these court dates, like, were a trigger for him or something like that. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Like anger. Something.
1: Yeah. Something. Um. So that's why they kept him on the list. And they sort of needed that dna match right and it occurred in the 90s but um honestly like if they wouldn't have kept the kept the evidence and kept the dna viable yeah they would have oh, probably never known
0: right no who doubt. did this
1: no doubt so somebody did their job it just looked like a dungle fuck from from the gate right you know
0: right somebody did
1: something right at right. least yeah I mean, I mean they, it could have been way better, it,
0: but I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Every time, yeah, it could have been handled a lot better. Instead of saying we don't think the two are related at all, it, that that phrase shouldn't have never. No, been and I'm wondering used. if
1: they if they sort of thought that they put it if they put it out there that Welch would be like a little more comfortable, and maybe like do something to fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. But at, at that s- point, his fuck up is killing somebody else. That's what I'm saying. You like, know? you're
0: putting another woman at risk. Yeah. By so. making statements like, I don't know. But they just, again, hindsight,
1: they but... did not have enough to prosecute it. Right. And they no, recognized that they didn't, and they just held on for 10 years. Yeah. But. So it is what it is. It's so not in the end, great. we will give
0: them both half of a gold star.
1: We will give them half of a gold star on their investigative skills. For keeping
0: the keeping the DNA, keeping the semen. Yeah. Um, keeping the evidence. Evidence. Viable. evidence yeah. yeah. Well, Good job for you guys. It's still very. I honestly, and this was the '80s, so it doesn't doesn't matter. But you know, maybe on crime scenes, especially these. These types of crime scenes where women are heinously murdered, mm-hmm. um, maybe have um, PR for you know
1: what I mean? Like let's handle it a little bit softer. I mean, I'm sure they do it better now, but I mean sometimes. Hmm. I think it depends on the woman too.
0: True. Yeah, because if you live a an a at risk lifestyle. lifestyle, then you're you're trapped. in so, um. Yeah, in some men's terms,
1: you deserved are, it. Yeah, you not went wor- looking for trouble, and yeah, you got
0: it. You got it, and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Yep. most men, sorry, ladies, think that way. And until we can change that mindset, not going to happen. Because let's face it, you can't teach a man anything. Um, just gonna just gonna keep going. Have to fight for, fight for our rights and justice and. All that. All the bullshit that we have to fight for now.
1: So it will probably make you warm and fuzzy. Yes. To find out. Did he die? He got put to death in 2007. Thank God.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank
1: God. Yeah. So we'll see if we ever get any more CODIS
0: hits yeah, on that Frank be, Welch. That would be interesting to find out. Yeah. I think, especially in that area, they probably, if there's any you know unsolved rapes or just any women that um
1: well here's the thing about saying that area he was all over because he was in the midwest and uh even the western u.s because he never held down a steady job Mm. and he liked to do rodeos and shit
0: oh god okay so
1: he was all over the fucking place and he was originally from texas
0: so they just they kind of how do you find that information out? Just the rodeos from those time periods. If you have a body. If you have a body, if you have rapes. If
1: they kept the evidence.
0: If they kept the evidence, yeah.
1: Because a lot of those a lot of those states for a very long time would hold evidence until the statute was up. And then they were like, later days, y'all. Yeah. And if it was before CODIS or if you didn't have analysts that had the ability to process backlogs, because, right, we we are still in 2022 talking about sexual assault, rape kit backlogs. Right. That shit does not get processed in a timely manner, especially if there are no suspects. Right. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, fuck, there are federal grants to help you get through your rape kit backlog and we still have backlogs yeah. today yeah from shit that's happening today yeah when we have access to i mean very quick dna identification right, right? yes so just consider that
0: mm-hmm. a
1: lot of people a lot of jurisdictions if they even kept evidence in a way that it would still be viable years later yeah trashed it when the statute was up Yep. If it was a murder, if it was just a little rape, <laughs> uh, they trashed that shit when the statute was up because yeah. they knew they wouldn't be able to prosecute it later. They didn't know that they were going to have CODIS or anything else come down the
0: line and have
1: a repository
0: for right. but DNA. Pl- plus, if, um, if there is a statute, CODIS would do nothing but just – if you think about it, if you – It if you would submit just create
1: a, a- – a pattern of crimes
0: it could create a pattern of crimes but yeah. also too these women would have to relive this trauma this trauma well they knowing- wouldn't even do
1: anything with it they wouldn't even be able to prosecute it that's true so they'd just be like we know we know there's a dna sample that matches him out here and we know that dna sample came from a rape in 1984 sorry, we can't do anything with it. Right. But we know now who did it. Right. That's it.
0: I know. But I, I mean, in my mind, that's just re-traumatizing to be like, sorry, we know who raped you, but we can't do anything about it now.
1: I think it's twofold. I think it could definitely be traumatizing to hear them say, you know what, your statue's up. Sorry about your luck. Yeah. We can't do anything. But I think in situations like this, where they're like, we found who hurt you. He's already dead. We know for a fact he's already dead or he's in prison for the rest of his life. He can never hurt you again. Right. Because I think a lot of that trauma is like, especially if it happens where you live or where you work or whatever, he knows where I live. Right. He knows where I work. Right. He fucking took my driver's license or some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, you know, in some ways I think it's, it's not great. I, I, I think the statute on rape is bullshit anyway, but...
0: 100%. That needs to
1: change. Um, In some ways, I think it could be part of the healing process to learn that this guy can't ever hurt anyone again. True. Yeah. He may have hurt 30 people 40 years ago. He's already dead. We He can't do anything else. And he will never show up on your doorstep again. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So, anyway, I also wanted to... Talk about Codis just a little bit. Yes, because sometimes my sister says I use
0: acronyms and then don't explain what they are. I was going to say when you brought up <laughs> Codis earlier, I was going to say, "Hey, can you explain what Codis is?" And then I was like, "Wait, have we already talked about this in another in another one of our episodes?" But no, please explain what Codis is.
1: Okay, so she she came at me hard whenever I uh, talked about authorum one time, and she was like, uh, We out here don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Sorry.
0: Um, We are here to educate and teach. So go, Shan. So the CODIS
1: system, which is C-O-D-I-S, FBI, uh, the FBI launched it in 94. And CODIS was launched in conjunction with the DNA Identification Act of 1994. It's a federal act- It's awesome. And it truly was, like, its intention was to have a federal-level repository for DNA captured uh, on felons. Right. Across the U.S. Right. Okay? And that's, like, you can read the whole act if you want to, but that's the very uh, small, high-level overview. So CODIS is an acronym for Combined DNA Index System. Okay. And it is a database that houses DNA profiles for offenders all over the U.S. And it also houses unknown suspect DNA. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if they that's they ever how work we talked to, about those yep. two avenues that a match can happen. Correct. Okay. As of 1997...
0: So just three years after it was created. Three years after it was created. Yes.
1: 48 states in the U.S. had laws on their books that would allow for DNA testing or biological testing to be done on people entering the penal system on the state level. Okay. As convicted felons. Okay. Okay. So that was the first step, essentially. Now it's pretty much uh, nationwide. Okay. And... Obviously, when you're dealing with state laws, it's different in every state. Right. Okay. So, since 97, when those first DNA capture laws were enacted, they've obviously expanded and evolved and things change because technology changes. Correct. Right? Yes. So, currently in Oklahoma our statutes allow for the collection of DNA at the time of arrest for a felony. If you are already incarcerated and not previously, um, and you don't previously have DNA that's on file, okay. which everybody probably does already, but like if you're already incarcerated and you're getting ready to be released, they'll take your DNA and put it in CODIS. Right. Um, And, that's for felonies. So that's for fe- all felonies. Okay. Doesn't okay. matter which felony is. That's all felonies. Got it. Plus, they will do this in Oklahoma for 18 specific misdemeanors.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Okay,
1: Including stalking, domestic abuse, peeping Tom. Okay. Okay. Got it. So when you go in, when you're arrested for... A felony mm-hmm. or one of the 18 misdemeanors. Yes. They will swab you. Good. Okay. Okay. And if you are convicted, they will put your shit in CODIS. Okay. 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 If the case is dropped or whatever, they uh, kill the sample. They uh, do away with
0: it. Interesting.
1: Okay. It's the way that I understand it. I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Right. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. And a lot of people think that taking DNA from felons is a gross overreach. Okay. Because we have state level... Mm-hmm. databases mm-hmm. we also have federal level databases right okay
0: right and mm-hmm.
1: interstate databases where we share information with like kansas and texas and our surrounding states and okay whatnot. okay so on any given day a dna analyst can go in and uh take a swab from someone that has come into um a penal institution and upload that to the state database as well as the federal, and so you can search against those. Okay, there are also other databases that come into play under the Federal DNA Identification Act of 1994 that are not CODIS. Oh, okay. There's a separate database that is used for a unknown, unidentified. Victims or unknown unidentified bodies. Oh, all right, and things like that, and missing persons, and stuff like that. They will upload DNA into those national databases. That's awesome. And if they ever kind of cross paths or right, whatever, right, there's an opportunity for that to help in a case down the road. Yeah. So this is all well and good Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as long as you're processing all of your stuff, right? Right. So, I mentioned before we have rape kit backlogs. Oh yeah, right? Yep. Okay. So, as long as there is a backlog in processing rape kits, right. You have people that are potential matches in your system that have not yet been identified. Right. Right? Right. So, until the backlog
0: is ended, I would really love to know how big of a backlog has it been. I think it varies by state and I'm sure it
1: varies by county too.
0: So, okay. I wish there was a way that um, we can speed that up.
1: Agree. But there are, there are organizations like there's an organization called in the backlog. Mm
0: -hmm. It takes
1: donations and then they provide grants and stuff like that for agencies to do private lab analysis. So if the excuse is your state lab or your local lab is so overrun that we can't possibly process mm-hmm, all of these, mm-hmm, understand. They you. are going to provide monies for you to go through a private lab to process that uh process those biological samples. Right. And
0: get it into, you know, nice. CODIS. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So Let's end it. Let's end that backlog. Yeah. Let's, I... let's help some women out that need closure or something. They just Anything. Need- or, you know,
1: connect. Listen, most of these people that wind up raping and killing someone didn't just one day decide they were going to go murder someone. Right. They've stalked mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they've done peeping tom activities, yeah, they've broken into your house and stolen some of your fucking panties, yeah, like they do little shit, and yeah. if they don't ever get caught, they escalate, escalate. right yes. every time. And murder is the ultimate escalation, right.
0: So, and if they get away with it once, yeah, they, they think will they're keep killing it. doing it.
1: They think they're doing great at their job, yeah. So how many of those people do you think are out there? Or have been convicted of, let's say, another felony, another, I don't know, like a, a I don't fucking know, a fuck felony drug charge or something. Right. That they served a couple of years on. But then they escalated to doing crazy shit.
0: hmm
1: And we don't know because no one's ever processed the DNA from your rape 12 years ago. Right. So we don't know that your rape is connected to the sh- this guy who served time, but it's also connected to this murder over here. Yeah. And ha- like, we just don't
0: know. Right. You know? Yeah. So anyway, man, Shan, that was, <sighs> that was crazy. It's a lot. That that was a lot. It's a whole I, lot. I liked it. I like that you explained CODIS and the whole DNA matching and, um, maybe everybody kind of learned some lessons today and
1: and there's just- more if you want like a history on how uh dna is processed and used to um used to solve crimes the fbi has a great website yeah utilize it yeah like go go do some research go do some research because who knows i might be completely full of shit uh um- You're like one of the smartest
0: people I know, so I'm pretty sure you're not. I might be completely full of shit. (laughs) Probably not. But yeah, just like stay safe and don't – you don't have to answer your – like at an Airbnb just two days ago – actually, no, that was just yesterday – in Irving, Texas, some dude rang the doorbell at the B&B and I was like, who the fuck you think? This is 2022, son. I will not answer this door to you. I don't answer my
1: own door at home. If somebody didn't tell me they're coming to my house, you can kindly go fuck Fuck yourself yourself if you Mm -hmm. think I'm going to answer the door. It's not happening. And also, I have a pit bull in here. Like,
0: Godspeed. I have two dogs. One is very giant, and she's very protective of me. Yeah. So. Good luck. Don't. I mean. No. no. Just Mm -mm. don't. Ladies, you don't have to. Even if it's somebody... If you're expecting a maintenance guy, how if can let come with you? If you know what, if you know he's there to fix shit, sit on your fucking porch. If you don't want to be in the house with him, yeah. sit on your porch.
1: It's the worst that he could do. Rifle through your panty drawer.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying that stuff is not as important as no. you and your life is more important than any bullshit in your house. Mm-mm. If you don't feel comfortable. Just walk the fuck out of your house. Yeah, no. Get on your cell phone, call your friends, call your significant other, call whomever, and just be like, there's somebody fixing my house that is creeping me out. Yeah. I mean, you could also call the cops. Shit. Like, call – just be like, look, I am a female by myself. A man is in my house fixing something, but he's acting strange, and I'm scared to be alone. Yeah. And you can stay on the call with the 911 operator – they may even send a police officer out there just to do a little, you know, wellness check. Totally. Don't ever think you have to be nice. That you have to be nice. Oh. It is your home. Your home, not theirs.
1: Oh.
0: <sighs> that was my soapbox. Like, don't, this is, it's 2022. We've already. It's already been proven by the men in charge in our country that we do not matter. Well, we're going to show them we do matter and fuck y'all. Yeah. So, Bye. Yeah. I'm out. Yep. That's all good. My soapbox is getting real big. Shit, Shy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Here we are. Okay. Here we are. All right. Thanks, Shy. Thanks, Shan. That was great. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't
1: forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's
0: you are underscore doing underscore, doing underscore, fine, underscore fine underscore OK, okay underscore pod. pod.